0: Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French Food Podcast. And I'm your host, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté. Fabulously Delicious is the podcast that brings you, the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week we dive into a specific topic: a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. And we learn about it from a special guest who's an expert on that topic. My guests are all about French food. Either they cook it, they produce it, talk, write, or photograph it. But above all, they love it. Today's episode, well, it's a little bit different. There's no guess. Nope, that's right, you're just getting me. I'm presenting the first of a new series of episodes to come where I bring the life story of a chef or person that has influenced our lives through a mutual love of French cuisine. This first story is one about a man that could be described as the father of modern French food george august escoffier sit back grab a glass of french wine or some cheese why not both and enjoy the story of george august escoffier august escoffier has been described as the king of chefs and the chef of kings his legacy to french cuisine is still enduring today and his cookbooks are indispensable to modern french chefs and cooks he's credited amongst other things as raising working in the kitchen. From a so-called labourer's job to that of an artist, and is the man behind the five French mother sauces, to name just a few recipes. Even today, he remains possibly the foremost chef in French cuisine. This is his story. Born George auguste Escoffier on Wednesday the 28th of October in 1846, in the Villeneuve-Lubey, a small village near Frenice in the Provence region of France. Villeneuve le Bay was created by the joining of two villages, the old village of Villeneuve inland and the village of Lubay on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea. Its inhabitants were called Villeneuvois. The house where he was born is now the Musée de l'Art Culinaire, run by the foundation Auguste Escoffier. His father was a farrier, also known as blacksmiths. A hard job indeed. His father also cultivated tobacco plants for a living, so definitely a hard worker and someone August would get his work ethic from. It was his grandmother that probably instilled in the young August an appreciation for cooking, as she was said to be a very enthusiastic cook. Young August attended the local school until the age of just 12, when his father thought it was necessary that, like him, he should learn a trade. His father saw the artistic side of his young son, who enjoyed drawing, but encouraged him to pursue this as a hobby, not a career, and told him that he needed a career that was more practical. So, he took August to Nice, where his brother had a restaurant, Le Restaurant Francaise, on the corner of the current Place Messina. In 1859, August, at the age of just 13, started an apprenticeship as a chef. As an apprentice, Escoffier was bullied and hit by his uncle. His small nature made him even more of a target in the kitchen, as he was too short to safely even open doors. Eventually, he wore boots with built-up heels so that he could appear taller and be able to do the job properly. For this strictness of training, he would later in his memoirs express gratitude. He started as a kitchen boy and commis saucier or sauce boy and was initiated into the basic tasks of restaurant upkeep, such as the selection of ingredients and the servicing of customers. During this time, Escoffier also attended night school and had to juggle his studies with the demands of a budding career. Escoffier showed such an aptitude for cooking and kitchen management that he was soon hired by the nearby Hotel Bellevue, where the owner of a fashionable Paris restaurant, Le Petit Moulin Rouge, offered him the position of commis rotisseur, the apprentice roast cook, and then the sausage clerk, all of this at just the age of 19. However, only months after arriving in Paris, Escoffier was called to active military duty, where he was given the position of army chef. Escoffier spent nearly seven years in the army. At first, stationed in various barracks throughout France, including five months in Villefranche-sur-Mer, coincidentally not just three miles from his old home in Nice, and later at Metz as chef de cuisine of the Rhine army after the outbreak of the Franco-Prussian War in 1870. When captured during this war, he became the chef of Marcel Macmon, who led the war with Napoleon. Macmon would later go on to become the president of France from 1875 until 1879. Escoffier's experiences in the army led him to study the technique of canning food and preserving it, especially since at that time fresh ingredients were in short supply. So he tested various forms of canning, for meats, sauces, and even a technique of preserving tomato sauce in champagne bottles. The influence on army life on his culinary methods didn't stop there. His experience in the military also showed him how groups could be organised and coordinated towards achieving a common goal. After the war... Escoffier reorganised his kitchen into a military-like brigade system, which is the basis of the French kitchen hierarchy now established in modern restaurants. Cooks were assigned specific roles and locations and were headed by supervisors, the generals of the kitchen. They ensured every situation was working in conjunction with each other. Terms we use today, such as the chef de cuisine, the sous-chef, and Saucier were pioneered by Escoffier under this kitchen brigade system. Sometime before 1878, he opened his own restaurant, Le Faison d'Or, the Golden Pheasant, in Cannes. This was a grocery store that Escoffier would add a restaurant to for the winter season, as Cannes became the must-do resort for rich and famous clientele, especially the English. On Wednesday, the 28th of August, 1878, Escoffier married Delphine Daffes, the daughter of a Parisian publisher, Paul Daffes. Delphine is said to have been a poet of some distinction and that apparently Escoffier won her hand in marriage in a gamble with her father over a game of billiards. They would have three children together, Paul, Daniel and Germain, when his in-laws died months later he would sell the golden pheasant and move to Paris. Escoffier's writing career started with publications of journals in the Art Culinaire magazine. Escoffier wrote, Memories of a Cook of the Army of the Rhine and The Feeding of the Soldier in the Countryside. His first book, though, was not a cookbook, but a book about creating wax flowers, which he loved to do since childhood. Today, the book is so rare that it can fetch up to €2,500 a, a copy. La la. In 1884, Escoffier began working with Caesar Ritz, the founder of the famous Ritz Carlton Hotel brand. They'd met in October of 84, when Caesar was the director of the Grand Hotel de Monte Carlo. Caesar wanted Escoffier to take the direction of the kitchens in winter and the kitchens of the Grande Nationale in Lucerne in summer. The partnership between Ritz and Escoffier counts as amongst the happiest events of their lives, noted Mrs Ritz in her book about her husband. It was at this time that train travel would see a marked development. The Riviera as the Côte d'Azur was not yet in existence, was linked to Paris by the railway as of 1865. And from 1883 to 1896, fast luxury trains were launched one after the other, the Iron Express, the Calais rome which went through Nice, the Sud Express and the Nord Express. All of these encouraged tourism. The future King of Denmark, Frederick VIII, Empress Elizabeth of Austria, King Francis II of the two Seychelles, Queen Victoria, the Prince of Wales, the Emperor of Brazil, Don Pedro, and the Grand Dukes of Russia came to Monte Carlo, all revelling in luxury and magnificence. Then, in 1890, Ritz would become the manager of the Savoy Hotel in London, and Rince wanted Escoffier in charge of the kitchen as its head chef. The Savoy was one of the most prestigious and beautiful hotels of its time, and began attracting wealthy and often famous clients. It had a reputation for culinary excellence under Escoffier's years there. Escoffier would often invent new dishes inspired by its hotel's guests. One such guest was the Australian opera singer Nellie Melba, who Escoffier created the Peach Melba for whilst she was staying at the hotel. The Peach Melba is a dessert of peaches and raspberry sauce with vanilla ice cream. At this time, Escoffier also created homages to the great ladies of society. Regine Salad, Rachel Mignotnet of Quail, Pears Mary Garden, Poulard, Adelina Patty, Coupevet, Strawberry Sarah Bernhard, and also the Melbourne toast. In eighteen ninety seven actually, Escoffier created the Jubilee Cherise dessert for the occasion of Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee. In the kitchen, Escoffier's innovations tended toward simplification. As head chef at the Carlton, he faced the challenge of having to prepare superb dishes quickly for the hotel's high-powered clientele, and he found many inefficiencies in the organisation of the standard restaurant kitchen. In Escoffier's day, the restaurant kitchen was comprised of separate units in which groups of chefs worked on their own, often duplicating each other's tasks and creating more work than was necessary. Escoffier insisted on unifying and streamlining the restaurant kitchen so that his staff of about 60 chefs could work together seamlessly and quickly, serving as many as 500 dishes on a typical Sunday dinner at the Carlton. The working conditions of kitchen labourers also begged improvement, and Escoffier recognised and answered these needs. In the French chef's day, the atmosphere of the kitchen was loud and often chaotic, overheated with wood or coke fired stoves and rife with powerful cooking odors creating working conditions that were more intolerable escopier aimed to curb these excesses which often compromised the health of these kitchen workers he even hired a doctor to help concoct a comfortable and healthy beverage made with barley that cooks could drink in place of alcohol through these and other improvements Escoffier helped to raise the esteem of a profession that had once been regarded as lowly and coarse. Escoffier and Caesar, along with the maître hotel Louis Enchant, would go on to manage the Hotel Ritz in Paris and the Carlton Hotel in London. On Sunday, the 5th of June in 1898, some of the most important personalities from around the world and Parisian in society. Marcel Proust, Le Duc de levy Millepoix, Gordon Bennett, Santos Dumont, Bonne de Castel, to name a few, gathered for the inauguration of the Hotel Ritz in Paris at the Place de Vendôme. This event was a smashing success and brought immediate prestige to the hotel. On leaving the Savoy to open the Ritz in Paris... The then Prince of Wales, the future King Edward VII, said publicly of Caesar Ritz, that wherever Ritz goes, we shall follow. Escoffier's innovations would also be seen in front of the house, where he stopped the practice of all the courses being served at the same time. Instead, food would come out in the order it was requested by the guests, who would choose from specific individual dishes from a menu, hence the term à la carte. Escoffier invented the set price menu for a minimum of four people, which quickly met with success among the carton's demanding and busy clientele. To promote French products in the UK, he had four and a half thousand pounds of butter, delivered from Normandy and Brittany every month. He went to Loris in Provence to encourage farmers to grow green asparagus instead of white, because, well, that's what the English preferred. The same for peaches from the Rhone Valley. And Escoffier introduced London's poultry farmers to the Rowan duck, which couldn't be found there at the time. He managed to have tin crushed tomatoes, a recipe that he'd developed during his time at the Petit Moulin Rouge, produced and delivered by a fruit and vegetable preserving company. And he even managed, during a great ball for 600 people, to serve a cold dish called Aurora Nymph's Legs. Happy to have the English, who called the French people froggies, unknowingly eat frog's legs, with a little help from the Prince of Wales, who adored them. A true humanitarian at heart, Escoffier took to fighting against poverty and, in 1890, he would give unserved food from the Savoy Hotel to the Little Sisters of the Poor in London daily. This practice continued until his retirement in 1920. In addition, he also started the first fundraising dinners for charitable courses, such as helping retired chefs in need. Escoffier's first cookbook or Culinary Guide, as it would be called, would be published in 1903 and then reissued three times during his lifetime in 1907, 1912, and 1921. The Guide Culinaire would be published in more than 10 languages and become known as the Cook's Bible. The book was an exhaustive resource, including about 5,000 recipes and garnished preparations. Le Guide, known to English speakers as The Escoffier Cookbook remains an invaluable resource for contemporary cooks even today. At this time, he also created the first ever chef's union in Great Britain. From 1904, Escoffier consulted with the Hamburg America Line to arrange the kitchens of their cruise ships. Then, one day in 1913, he was put in charge of the kitchen of the SS Imperator an enormous ocean liner of the Hamburg-America line, where he met Kaiser William II. The culinary experience on board the Imperateur was overseen by the ritz Carlton, and the restaurant itself was a reproduction of Escoffier's Carlton restaurant in London. Escoffier was charged with supervising the kitchens on board the Imperateur during the Kaiser's visit to France. 146 German dignitaries were served a large multi-course luncheon, followed that evening by a monumental dinner that included the Kaiser's favourite strawberry pudding, named Fraser's Imperateur, created by Escoffier for the occasion. The Kaiser was so impressed that he insisted on meeting Escoffier after breakfast the next day, where he told Escoffier, I am the Emperor of Germany, but... You are the Emperor of Chefs. Ritz gradually moved into retirement after opening the Ritz London Hotel in 1906, leaving Escoffier as the figurehead of the Carlton until his own retirement in 1920. He continued to run the kitchens through the First World War, during which his young son was killed in active service. In 1911, Escoffier created a magazine called Le Carne d'Epicure, This magazine's purpose was to promote tourism in France amongst the English. Escoffier was as much an ambassador for France as he was for French cuisine. Getting close to retirement age didn't seem to stop Escoffier, as in 1911 he also opened a kitchen and dining room at Westminster College in London, and only just narrowly escaped a fire at the Carlton. His second cookbook, but third book, The Livre de Menus, came out in 1912 to rave reviews. In this book, Escoffier gave every cook multiple tips with French cooking cuisine, many that are still applicable today. The creation of the League of Gourmands organisation by Escoffier saw the first epicure dinner in 1912. This dinner brought together more than 300 people at the Cecil Hotel in London and more than 4,000 guests in 37 European restaurants. The same French dinner served the same day in different places around the world. In 1914, the 10th and last Epicure dinner brought together more than 10,000 guests in 140 cities in Europe, New York and Montreal. At the age of 73, Scopier received the Knight of the Legion d'Honor. The National Order of the Legion of Honour is the highest French order of merit, both military and civil. Established in 1802 by Napoleon Bonaparte, it has been retained by all latter French governments and regimes. Escoffier was the first cook to receive this dis- distinction. Paul Bocuse, Roger Verge, Dominique Bouchet, Daniel Bouloud and Georges Blanc have all gone on to receive this honour. Retiring from his role at the Carlton Hotel in 1920, Escoffier would fund the Association of Chef Societies, known as the World Association of Chef Society, in 1928, and become the president of the organisation. He left London to retire to his villa in Monte Carlo after 61 years of working in kitchens. He would have trained in that time more than 2,000 chefs who would go on to make French cuisine and products known around the world. During retirement, he would also become an honorary editor of the first editorial board of La Revue Culinaire, a popular French cuisine and culture magazine still published today. Not long after arriving in Monte Carlo, he was presented with an offer he just couldn't resist. The widow of his former Petit Moulin Rouge colleague, Jean Criot, invited Escoffier to collaborate with her in the administration of the Hotel de Hermitage. The French chef accepted eluding retirement and even went on to help develop another hotel, the Riviera in Upper Monte Carlo. And then he travelled to New York in 1930 to open the Hotel Pierre. During retirement, he created two books aimed at low-income consumers – Le riz, la monte, le milieu, le plus nutritif, rice, the best, most nutritious food, in 1927. And La vie à bon marché, l'amourou, cheap life, cod, in 1929. So that Escoffier could continue to campaign for everyone to be able to eat properly. His last book, Ma Cuisine, or My Cuisine, was published in 1934. During his life, Escoffier had left behind a legacy for chefs, home cooks, and gastronomes who love French food around the world. He invented over 10,000 recipes, formed culinary institutions around the world which would continue to teach his methods to inspiring chefs, and in 1966, the French government transformed the house Escoffier was born in into a culinary museum. On Wednesday, the 6th of February, 1935, Escoffier's wife of nearly 56 years died, Delphine. And six years later, at the age of 99, George August Escoffier passed away and they were buried together at the family vault in veneuve le Today, Escoffier's legacy lives on in the Escoffier Museum of Culinary Art and Foundation and the August Escoffier School of Culinary Arts. His influence is infused into students, aspiring chefs and home cooks throughout the world. In 2006, the Principality of Monaco honoured Escoffier by issuing a stamp with his image on it. George Auguste Escoffier is the father of modern French cooking, that without his influence, the way we eat, dine and even live would be completely different. From sauces to desserts, Kitchen hygiene, cooking stations, and even the books we read has been touched by Escoffier. His life is one that we can all aspire to: good food, good cooking, good products, good wine, a good work ethic, and above all, treat people well. This is the story of George August Escoffier. That's it for another fab episode of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. See you next week. Merci and bon app. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And And we're we're the the Professional Professional Book Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe.